Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and thanks for joining us on Luke 21 as we investigate biblical prophecy from a Catholic perspective. And we're continuing our study on the Antichrist, and today, we're going to be looking at what Pope Benedict XVI has said about the Antichrist. I heartily recommend anything that Pope Benedict XVI has written about the Christian faith. It's a great source of information, his writings, but especially on biblical prophecy, because so often this is where it's so easy to kind of go off in various directions that aren't very well grounded. And so I'm going to suggest three resources by Pope Benedict that maybe people never thought of, but that pertain to a reliable source for understanding biblical prophecy. And the first, of course, is the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Then Cardinal Ratzinger was in charge of assembling the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and he had that prime responsibility section 668 of the Catechism to some section 677, just a few minutes of reading is a great summary of biblical prophecy. And when you read those sections, you look at the footnotes to see how the Catechism is explaining those passages. And then there's a book that Cardinal Ratzinger wrote. It's called Eschatology, Death and Eternal Life, and you want the second or more modern edition. And then there's two volumes that a lot of people don't think of when they think of uh, prophecy, but, but Pope Benedict wrote the two volumes, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, you would probably think, and you'd be right, that the second volume towards the end of the Gospels would have more to do with biblical prophecy. For instance, in the Gospel of Matthew, it's all the way until the chapters like 24 that you get into biblical prophecy, so it's well into the Gospel. So you think, I'll just check out volume two of Jesus of Nazareth. But today, I'm going to be talking about what Pope Benedict XVI said about the Antichrist in volume one of Jesus of Nazareth. And I was rather surprised to find a discussion of the Antichrist in his first volume when he started talking about the Bible itself. And this is a quote that I'd like to lead off with. The fact is that scriptural exegesis can become a tool of the Antichrist. And again, that's from volume one of Jesus of Nazareth. Just real quick, explain what is exegesis. Exegesis is the attempt to explain and to interpret Scripture. Um, the idea is to draw out the meaning. The exegesis, the first part of that word, comes from the Greek preposition ex, like exits, to go out of. And the idea is not just to read in your thoughts to the Scripture, but try to allow the Scriptures to pull out and work at getting that accurate meaning, let the Scriptures speak clearly for themselves. But again, he says the fact is, the fact is that Scripture exegesis can become a tool of the Antichrist. And then he goes on, 
the alleged findings of scholarly exegesis have been used to put together the most dreadful books that destroy the figure of Jesus and dismantle the faith. I'm going to give you a hop, skip, and jump. Uh, I have uh, resources to go into all of these things, but let me just give you in real summary fashion what modern exegesis, this dreadful way, and by the way, Pope Benedict is a scholar. He's a scripture scholar. He's not opposed to intellectual inquiry. He's not opposed to genuine exegesis or a Bible interpretation, but this is what's going on today. Uh, I'll just summarize it by saying there's no Moses. What do I mean by that? Well, there's a theory called the Documentary Hypothesis Theory. It's called JEDP. It's taught almost universally in Catholic and Protestant institutions. It says that Genesis through Deuteronomy were actually not written by Moses. You see, Jesus was under the impression that Moses wrote it, but he wasn't up to date to our modern scholars who say, no, it was a series of different editors wrote portions of Genesis through Deuteronomy, and somebody got together and just spliced them all together and made it seem like Moses was writing it. So uh, this theory uh, was introduced in Germany by a scholar who was, was teaching young men training to be Lutheran pastors. And when it was first taught, every single one of those young men lost their faith. They never ended up becoming pastors. And to his credit, the German professors teaching this wrote a letter of admission of his guilt for what he had done. And yet this toxic theory of no Moses is taught in Catholic colleges and seminaries and Protestant colleges and seminaries widespread today. Okay, you have no Moses, um, you have no Matthew. There's a theory that came up that Matthew really wasn't the first gospel written, like that's why it's first New Testament maybe. That's why the church fathers thought it was a church, a first one written, uh, particularly to the Jews in the early church. No, um, it was Bismarck wanted to undermine the authority of the Pope and he did that by coming up with a theory that Matthew was actually written rather late, like in the second century. And it was kind of like Mark, but they added stuff that really wasn't original, that Jesus really didn't teach that Peter was a rock and the church was built on this rock and such like that. And this was Bismarck's attempt to undermine the authority of the Pope. And yet this theory is taught every place in the modern world. They would think you're out of your mind in New Testament scholarship if you achieve any level of expertise that everybody accepts this. And fortunately, a Methodist scholar by the name of William Farmer unearthed it and exposed it. He ended up becoming a Catholic before he passed away. But again, no Moses, no Matthew. Ah, no John. <laughs> I can remember in seminary, that uh, our professor, who was uh, chairman of the New Testament department, we were in a Gospel of John class, and this was a class where it would be exclusively the Greek New Testament. So we were like, learn Greek, you're sitting there ready to go. And the professor goes, um, well, what do you think John actually wrote? Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious what's right here. You know, we can read it right out of the original language. No. He gave us a book by Raymond Brown, the most popular Catholic scripture scholar, who said that 
very piously, there's a community of the blessed disciples that um, basically wrote a lot of John and that um, maybe John wrote something, but they kind of uh, fudged it later on. And what we have today is the fudge version. And so he was had us there saying, well, what do you think he actually wrote? And ay, 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 this is a pioneer in the new Catholic modern scriptural exegesis. And then today, it's very popular to have not only no Moses, no Matthew, no no John, but also no Paul. Because a lot of New Testament scholars, when they're um, getting into the Pauline epistles, will tell you how many of the Pauline epistles that they accept as genuine. Um, there are 13 epistles in the New Testament that the first word in English is Paul, and the first word in Greek is Paulus. You can guess what that means. There are 13 Pauline epistles, and they'll say, well, I accept five, I accept seven, I accept 10. What? Good night. Who are you in the 21st century to go pick and choosing amongst Paul's epistles? So no Moses, no Matthew, no John, no Paul. And finally, of course, um, no Mary. Um, Raymond Brown, who I already talked about in John, also butchered what's called the infancy narratives in Luke. And for instance, he said how a young Hebrew woman could come up with a a spontaneous uh, praise of God using 12 to 20 different scripture references, that's impossible for anybody to do. Really? He questioned the virgin birth. He says, I accept it because the church teaches it, but there's very slim scriptural support. Baloney. There isn't slim scriptural support. It's very clear. He just chose to not believe it. And again, Raymond Brown is like sliced bread amongst New Testament scholars. So I'll repeat what Pope Benedict says. The fact is that scripture exegesis can become a tool of the Antichrist. And what basically they want to do is make everything subjective according to their view, rather than taking the scriptures, divine public revelation, and its objective revelation, uh, you know, it's pretty clear. You don't kill, you don't steal, uh, you don't commit homosexual acts. If you sin, you repent. I mean, it's pretty clear. And yet today, they want to make it all subjective. What seems right to me or what seems right to the greater number of people or what seems right to people on Instagram, whatever, uh, rather than objective truth. And again, Pope Benedict goes on, and so the Bible no longer speaks of God, the living God, and that we alone speak and decide what God can do and what we will do and should do. And the Antichrist, with an air of scholarly excellence, tells us that any exegesis that reads the Bible from the perspective of faith in the living God is fundamentalism. Woo! Knee-jerk reaction, run. He goes on, and listen carefully, the theological debate between Jesus and the devil. These are the three temptations of Jesus recorded in Matthew 4. That theological debate between Jesus and the devil is a dispute over the correct interpretation of Scripture 
and it is relevant to every period of history. And so what Pope Benedict is saying, go right back because the devil could quote scripture to Jesus. The devil tried to misinterpret scripture to Jesus to get him to fall for his temptations. Pope Benedict is saying that modern exegesis, modern scripture interpretation can become a very tool of the Antichrist. And here's one. Unfortunately, it's in UCAT, a Catholic Youth Bible, and they talk about, uh, it's actually a catechism, excuse me. They say the authors of the Bible, this is from UCAT, were children of their time. In other words, their understanding was limited to a distant cultural past that may not be relevant today. They shared the cultural ideas of the world around them and often were dominated by its errors. Dominated by its errors. In other words, the authors of scripture, dominated by their deficient, outdated cultural ideas, wrote errors. Now, if you wanted to justify homosexuality, even though you read about Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible, that's, this is exactly how you do it. You say that they were dominated by errors of a culture and that they weren't influenced by God to give infallible revelation, but no, errant revelation, and you can basically justify just about anything you want by doing it. And so I think it's very interesting that when Pope Benedict starts writing in Jesus of Nazareth, he starts with the scriptures as a potential tool of the Antichrist. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to Catholic Bible Prophecy with Luke 21. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.